but I'm absolutely delighted to be joined on the line by a very inspirational individual, so iconic, and you will all know this name, Claire Garvey. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm grand, yeah. It's absolutely lush and rain here, so I have the door locked in the shop and I'm protected from the rain. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been excited so much for the last while because I was like, I'd love to get Claire on the show because you are such an inspiration and you've done incredible work. And what I love is your authenticity through your work. If somebody walks down the catwalk or the or the runway or if they're in a film, you know when it's Claire Garvey's design. So I suppose what I really want to ask you is take us right back to the beginning. What made you embark on the world of fashion and what really ignited that spark for you? God, I suppose my mum was an art teacher. Yeah. And I was always um, watching her correct art exams and things like that. And I loved creating little dolls when I was younger. And I sent a seven of my designs when I was seven years old to Mary Quant for the doll Daisy. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and she sent me back a lovely message, a signed photo, and said she'd keep me in mind for the future. Oh, my God. So at that and age, you were so aware. That's it, at seven years old. And... Um, I literally, uh, the only other thing I could possibly have ever wanted to do was sculpture. But um, I uh, went to the National College of Art and I did a course studies year where you try out everything. I hated the life drawing. I was always sick for the life drawing. <laughs> but um, everything else I liked. And literally, myself, this is an actual true story, myself and my friend who... Um, couldn't decide on sculpture or fashion either we put the two sculpture and fashion into a hat and she picked out sculpture and I picked out fashion wow that's, but, that's to be so honest, cool. yeah it's, it's <laughs> bizarre but to be honest the, the work I'm doing is sculptural fashion yes. anyway so um I'm kind of doing the two of them as it is but um it was it was a five-year course in NCAD at the time I don't think they could get rid of me when it finished. I still wanted to keep keep going. So um, I absolutely, I loved it there. And I kind of developed my own way of doing things, you know, because I initially wasn't great at sewing. So I learned fabric manipulation. So the, the sewing tutor couldn't see the stitches. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love this. There's such an individualism that comes through your work. But also, there's something quite, like, there's a mystical, there's a magical quality to it. There's just so, like, you'd be taken into a different world looking at your designs, and you really bring that magic atmosphere to life. Oh, well, thank you very much. I mean, I don't even own a pair of trousers, (laughs) which people find bizarre. Like, so, I love, like, a sort of a fairy tale era where women wore, I mean, they wore those, you know, fancy clothes, but they... I still want them to be modern and uh, have a good tough edge to them. Yes. So, I mean, I'm always saying to my models on the catwalk as well, you know, even though you're wearing, you might be wearing something fairy tale, have a good strong warrior um, attitude as well, because it's the combination of the hard and soft that I find fascinating. And I just love, like, every time I wear a dress, I have docks with it. Even my wedding dress, I wore docks with my wedding dress on my wedding day. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God! And I, I presume you made your own dress. Well, there's there's a funny story about that. Um, <laughs> we, my, myself, and my husband to be had just moved into a new house in, I think it was Clondalkin, but they had left the chandeliers, these sort of chandeliers, up on the ceiling, 
It yeah. sounds very grand, but it wasn't. And I was looking at them and I was thinking, God, they'd be great for my wedding corset. Oh, my God. So one by one, I started taking them off until eventually <laughs> one day before the wedding, my husband said, where did all the chandeliers go? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then he saw me chinking up the aisle with my uh, wedding dress. So. Oh, my <laughs> God, I'd say all the eyes were turned like, oh, but this is the thing. It's it's the wonder of the mind. Like when you see something, you see something totally different. Like when someone else might not, you know, notice the beauty in something or may not see what the potential of that could be. But this well, is that, what... That's, yeah, that's very kind. I mean, my husband can't take me anywhere. You know, for in a restaurant, I'm looking at the cocktail stirrers going, God, they'd make, you know, a great headpiece or... Every, everything, I view it as something else. And I mean, we were on a picnic with my daughter, Lucy, and I think I paid her five euro to pick up all the acorns that were on the ground. And I made them into into a corset. So, um, yeah, there, there's nothing that can... And also, sustainability is very important, especially in this day and age. And utilising um, old fabrics and antique beads and old buttons and giving them a new lease of life in a modern way is, is it makes it even more special for me. Wow. And take us back a little bit more to the journey. So when you were in college and things like that, what was kind of, I suppose you're, I suppose having that mind that was able to, that was whimsical and could see um, the magic and things as well. What were, I suppose, what elements did, I suppose, did you find yourself learning in college or yeah, well, how learned, did it inspire you that way? Or did you find kind of you were s- still in that distinctive? Or Yeah, what did college I, I won this Smyrna Young Designer of the Year when I was in college. And my entire collection was burnt under the grill. <gasps> <laughs> how did that happen? So, I, I mean, I think my mum thought I was a pyromaniac. Um, <laughs> it's amazing the house didn't go, go up in flames. So, oh e- you know, even then I was looking at things different I always looked at things differently I mean I I've always been very upset at fashion shows because everybody else all the other designers clothes all sit beautifully on the rail and mine as I said to somebody before looked like Armageddon on the rail <laughs> you know it's no just... yours stand out though to me I just this is the thing is like I, I think you're one of those people as well I could see as well you will make one piece and that will be that piece. You won't make a replica of that. You'll make something even better and you just continue making more and more and more. There's a unique quality to them and they feel very individual. Well, you're very kind to say that, but when I do look back at the Smyrna Young Designer mm. of the Year, I mean, that was 1991, I think, God. Um, I can, you know, I it, it was still me. I mean, I've evolved and, and then I, I went and did a Master's in costume design in Russia after that. So um, that was unbelievable, going from NCAD to Russia. I had six weeks Russian lessons beforehand. Wow. So, and I was in a class full of just Russian people, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really a completely different, it kind of blew my mind how, you know, we went to the Bolshoi Ballet and went to all the theatres and looking at the way they did things, with such little money was um, was very inspirational. So between NCAD and Vigeek University, not Vigeek, <laughs> yeah. 
um, Vigik University in, in Moscow. It was I loved it in Moscow. I really did. Well, this is it, and I think again, you can probably. I'd say that had that an influence or an, a massive effect on you as well in terms of like your designs, did you find? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we were allowed to go into some of the museums there and look how the wow. corsets were made. And corsetry is something I kind of specialize in as well. Yes. I love corsets um, on anybody. I mean, they can be on guys and girls. Uh, any size can look good in, in a corset. Do you know what I love? I know you do um, stuff for Emer Noon. I know you did the Pirates of the, um, is it Daughters of the Pirate Queen? Is that Daughters of the Pirate oh Queen, Oh my God, yes. and, um, and Emma Langford, you made a stunning outfit for Emma as well. And I just, I'm just amazed at your work. Like, it's just, I, oh, I'm well, like well, an excited yeah. fan here. But I just <laughs> love the detail that goes in. Like, oh, thank yeah. you. I had to laugh. We couldn't uh, get Emma out of the outfit <laughs> in the end. <laughs> Confident. I mean, my clothes are very um, dramatic, so it's very important to me that, the person isn't overshadowed by them. Yeah. And I always try and pick the right piece. That's why I love things like the Pirates of the, um, I keep saying Caribbean, Pirate Queen with Emer Noon because we had, um, everybody was such a different um, personality um, and trying to match the clothes to the personality was just uh, brilliant. And of course, Emer herself, Emer never has a fitting with me beforehand. <laughs> and... <laughs> So literally half an hour before the show, she'll try it on to see if it fits. Um, so she, it's a really great trust that she trusts me that yes. much. Yeah. I might need a stiff drink before she comes in, though, <laughs> you know, half an hour beforehand. But, uh, you know, it, it's brilliant that she trusts me and she trusts me with all the, all the girls as well. So, you know, it was uh, fantastic. Wow. Well, this is it. And I feel like, you know, there's there again, the outfits had so much personality, but interesting to ask you about this one I suppose when it comes to creating the pieces you touched a bit on it there I suppose bringing out their personality but what really kind of yeah what concepts come in I suppose to the design element and how what is that process like it depends I mean it's two different things if I'm making something bespoke for somebody or if I'm making something simply out of the desire to, to make it um because there are certain things, obviously, if you're dealing with a woman, like a lot of women don't like their arms. And, you know, a lot of people prefer to have something sheer on their arms and things like that, that are practical things. Or some women might, women are dreadful. They always hate something about themselves. Yeah. So my job as a designer is to give them confidence either to banish that thought or if they can't do that, to give them maybe a sheer you know, top underneath that gives them that confidence. Yeah. Just that extra little edge that helps them. Um, when I'm doing something from for my, the sheer love, they're all the sheer love of it, but without any restraints at all, I work from the mannequin. Okay. I've actually broken my wrist twice in the shop from working on the mannequin. I Stop. I was standing on a chair <laughs> Oh working God. on it and I stepped backwards and I broke my wrist oh God, and it. then two years later I did exactly the same thing oh again poor thing. so my husband is going to... would you stop standing on chairs <laughs> working on your mannequin <laughs> it's just I forget I get so um, involved in it that I forget I'm on a chair literally I'm just it's like a painting you're kind of I'm working on the um, Miss Universe 
Ireland national costume at the moment. Yes, I've been I've been watching. <laughs> I'm in love. I'm in love with it. But I have to I have to give you a laugh. So my so my mom comes from a floral she's a floral designer. Yeah. So I can definitely resonate with that. Like mom is the type of person she's climbing up trees for ivy and stuff and we're having to tell her, No, don't go climbing, ma'am. <laughs> There's other oh, ways to get stuff down. But you see, you're so invested in your work and you see things and you want to go at them. And yeah, <laughs> It's just you you, you, you get transport. It's yes. almost like when I look at my mom painting, she paints the same way as I create, which is kind of stepping back. And, yeah. Um, it, you know, a lot of fashion designers, it's entirely different. You're mass producing or you're creating a line of, you know, 2006 same pieces so it's this is it's sort of a more hands-on approach and that's why each one is a one-off as well um and usually I'm, I'm quite psychic with people as well when I was dealing with Emer Noon for the Oscars um she literally she rang me and said I want something for the Oscars and then I actually started making something in gold and two days later she sent me a message saying can I have something in gold? And it was literally, I said, I'm sitting here looking at it. It's like, so, you know, you get to know your customers as well. I, I mean, certainly time helps with that and you get more confident. I'd be quite a shy person. So, it, you know, my work gives me confidence that I might not have otherwise, if that makes sense. Absolutely. But I always think with people is like, especially with your work as well, it's almost like it's, like I suppose the inspiration sometimes it's like that kind of channeling through source it's, it's that creativity I, I, I see it come out in musicians when they're songwriting I see it come out in artists when they're painting it's almost like that that kind of you can, you can see their eyes nearly go into a different world and it's something that comes through them oh yeah it's you get an app I'm sure you feel it with your songwriting and your singing you get a I mean, I don't want to it's sound slow, it, but yeah. bizarre, but something otherworldly comes in yes. when, you've, when you've got onto something right yeah. and you can feel it. It's palpable. It's like, um, it, it's an incredible, it's an incredible antidepressant, you know? I mean, I think uh, artistic people are very lucky because that can really help them um, channel positivity and you can take all your negativity, well, I can anyway, and put it into an outfit and um, then it's out, you know? Absolutely. And I suppose you've done so many iconic looks. You've done stuff for the Grammys. You've done stuff that's ended up on, on runways all over the world. But really kind of like, what are your kind of favourite ones or what ones have really are been poignant to you and really stood out in your mind? Oh, there's lots of different ones. But I suppose the very first jacket I did for Nile Rogers for the um, X Factor. Yes. Um, basically, I had done um, outfits for his singers for Chic um, for um, a concert in Belfast and he said to them oh where did you get your outfits and he said oh there's a girl in Dublin and he rang me and I thought it was a joke you know he said hi this is Niall Rogers here I nearly went yeah ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> and he said I'm looking for um, a jacket for the X Factor for next week can you do it for me and I'd never done menswear before so wow. um but I literally said yes yeah. and then just put down the phone and went, oh, crap, how am I going to do this? <laughs> but um, what I, I, basically I was working on this velvet jacket and yeah. I just didn't think it looked quite right. And this was the night before and I got a can of spray and bleach and just threw it all over it. 
Wow. It could have gone either I love, way. I love where this is going, though. <laughs> I'm loving where this is going. Yeah, it could have gone either way. But I felt then I was getting into being myself. So the way yes. I treated my women's wear, I was now treating my men's wear. Instead of thinking of it as a completely separate thing, yeah. I then thought, look, I can put what I do in my women's wear into my men's wear. So then I put chains on the the shoulder, one shoulder, because he had the guitar on the other one. And, um, yeah, when he, he saw it, he went into the bathroom to try it on, and I followed him into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looked at me as if to say, what are you doing in here? But the first thing he said was, wow, I love that kind of splashed color. <laughs> oh, my God. So if he'd known you know, but I needed to do that. You know, I, I didn't feel right. I didn't have that feeling about it, you know. And then the one I did for him, I did another one for him for the Oscars. And I never told him that it glowed in the dark. Oh, my God. So I figured, the night, I, this is what I've always thought, maybe the night before the Oscars, he thought, <laughs> what will I wear? And he saw my jacket glowing at him. So he, <laughs> this is what I like to believe. <laughs> Yeah, and he flew over and cut the ribbon, and you know, so um, it just shows you if you follow your dreams and try and be true to what you believe in. If I had gone the other route with him and thought, "Oh, I have to do menswear the way menswear was normally done," I would have lost myself, and he wouldn't have been as happy. And now, when I do something for him, he just says to me, "Just do the Claire thing." <laughs> <laughs> God, I love that. Do you know what it is? I think you trusted your gut. Yeah, you have to. And even mm. I've often, like the other thing, Emer Noon came in for the fitting for the Oscars one as well. And I had done it to the ground and she was standing there. And I thought, no, I said to her, no, it just looks a bit too heavy. And I got a scissors and I started chopping it. And she was like, what are you doing? Not, you can't be too precious about your work. You have to be able to cut it up or set as I've set my fabrics on fire and but just you know just because you think it has to be finished if it's not right you need to cut it up or do whatever and rip it up and start again as the song is you know absolutely and as well did you make something for pink I did now that happened from um, basically I did stuff for Bang Bang Romeo they were supporting Pink in um, oh, in the Wembley Stadium. Yeah. And uh, Mark Schulman, who's Pink's drummer, yes. saw them in their stuff and said, oh, where did you get that? Same thing again. Um, it's all word of mouth. It's all mm. totally word of mouth. And he said, oh, I'd love a jacket. So I did a jacket for Mark Schulman, um, which he wore, um, I think he, he actually wore that in Wembley Stadium as well at, following year or something but then he asked me could he could I um, give him something to give to Pink yeah so I gave a kind of a little leather kind of beaded um, jacket to her so I'm I'm still keeping an eye out to see when you know you never know with these things when they're going to turn up that's the worst thing about it you know they could turn up the next day they like um, Nile Rogers had said to me he was going to wear one of mine to the Grammys and then he didn't, and there's lots of reasons. And then he wore it to the Oscars, you know, so there's lots of reasons 
why things turn up at certain times and yes. you have to be patient and just say, well, that's that gone now and, you know, we'll wait and see when that appears. So it's always very exciting when you see something that you weren't expecting to see, you know, so hopefully on her next tour. So fingers crossed. <laughs> well, this is it. And currently at the moment you had the Miss, is it Miss Ireland girls? The Miss Universe, Universe Ireland. Miss so Universe, yeah. it, I th- for the first time ever in Ireland, we're doing a 100% sustainable national costume. So Amazing. I'm very excited about that. It's all made out of, um, I've, I just had, I just, they gave me the clearance to say it today, so <laughs> I can say it. Go it's all made out of recycled plastic lids and um, recycled offcuts of Irish wool as well. So, um, it's based on the Celtic goddess of the sea, Trina. Wow. So it's about, Kleena is about protecting the Irish seas. And this is the whole thing about sustainability, about not throwing your plastic into the seas. So she's essentially a plastic goddess. Um, so oh I've, my God, I can't, yeah. I can't wait to see that. It's giving me the chills. <laughs> oh, I have can give their offputs or give things that otherwise would have ended up in landfill pieces so I have god I have I don't know about 8,000 plastic lids here at the moment so I'm I'm barely visible under (laughs) oh my god Claire but I it's just amazing I think there there seems to be a real revival isn't there of the Irish goddesses the the history of our mythology and realizing how powerful women were in society in Ireland well it's nice to see it because Mm. as I said with my fashion I've always wanted the women to be strong because women yeah. are strong. I mean, women have held this country together for centuries, you know. Um, so, I, I mean, men are great as well, you know. But, <laughs> women, you know, women, yeah. I, I'm very much, as I said, when anybody's modeling for me. And I'm also very interested in different size models and um, gender fluid. I mean, anybody should be allowed to wear anything they want. And nobody should have the right to say you can't wear that because you're such a size or you can't wear that because you're such a gender or it's it's all rubbish, you know. And you shouldn't wear things because they are in vogue or it's this season's trend. Wear what you feel like, what you're happy with and what suits you. And it always annoys me. And in fashion, I'm also judging the size gorgeous uh, competition, which is open to all sizes and all genders as well. So that would be a really nice thing to to judge as well, you know, um, because everybody deserves to, to feel special. Absolutely. And I think the thing about your designs as well is that, you know, you can make anything for anybody. And what I wanted to, want, what I wanted to ask you was kind of, I suppose, is there any like exciting upcoming stuff as well that you can maybe touch a little bit on that we can keep an eye out for? I know we talked about um, Miss Universe Ireland and this size gorgeous coming up but is there anything else as well or do you do higher um, I had asked a few people question, if they had any questions for the show and some people are asking about can you ask Claire does she allow you to hire out her outfits yes I absolutely hire out things and I I, only, I sort of started doing that because I felt this sustainability again that, and this thing that I go back to that everybody should be allowed to wear what they want and price I don't think should be an option you know, you shouldn't, you know, not be able to wear something because of the price. So I do rent pieces. I mean, I rent a lot of pieces for video shoots and for events and for, 
And it's really nice because um, there's such special pieces that almost some people, if you bought it, you might only wear it once because it's they would be quite recognisable. So it, I shouldn't be saying it makes more sense to rent them, but in my opinion, it it's I think it's more makes more sense to rent, you know, because um, other people get aware out of things as well, and it gives a new lease of life to it every time somebody wears it. Of course, you can buy them as well if you don't ever want anybody else to be seen in the outfit. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm very into You know, I hate the idea of elitism in fashion. And um, even though my work is couture, I think everybody should be able to do it. I mean, that's why I started making headbands with Aunt Sora as well and little accessories that are all under 50 euro as well, which you know, is is very accessible for anybody, I think, for a gift or, you know. Absolutely, there's something there for everybody. What I wanted to touch just very lightly on is maybe your, like, perspective or opinion on the fast fashion industry at the moment. I, I like to bring up that topic on this topic on this show to try and raise, I suppose, awareness to people because they don't realise, I suppose, what's on the clothes in terms of chemicals, but also who's making the clothes behind the scenes. Oh, it's absolutely, yeah, yeah. it's absolutely awful. I mean, people... People say, oh, God, I got a bargain today, but you might have got a bargain, but the people in the sweatshops working under horrendous conditions. I mean, I don't want to to sound like a real uh, depressing, you know, person, but you are actually, you know, feeding that industry by buying those pieces. You know, instead of doing that, um, buy local Irish craft that's made in Ireland. Like, everything I make is made on the premises here. And there are so many wonderful Irish artists. And they're not all, you know, unbelievably expensive. And yes, you could buy something commercial and it would last you for a long time if it was an Irish-made, you know, craft person. So instead of something that lasts you for one one use and then you've basically used an awful lot of people to get that one use, you know, it's um, it's quite sad. I mean, the, you know... I just, yeah, I just feel you should, there should be more, even the, the big um, shops as well, it kind of annoys me that, you know, that they encourage the big, you know, the big international labels rather than the Irish labels. And I think they should support Irish labels so much more. I mean, I don't supply shops since I have my own place, but for other designers in Ireland, young designers starting out, there should be a lot more big shops willing to take, willing to buy the pieces and not do sale or return and encourage that. And then that would stop, sooner sooner or later would stop slow fashion or fast fashion happening, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And I have to add, there's this question I've been pondering and I ask everybody <laughs> who comes on this show. Oh God. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you as well and I never get the same answer. If you could sit down with anyone and have tea, like, like the Mad Hatter's Tea Party, who, what influential person may could be in the world of fashion, could be in the world of anything, who would you sit down with and why? Oh, God. Um, who would I sit down with and why? I wouldn't mind Frida Kahlo now. <laughs> <laughs> I think Frida Kahlo, I think I could have a great, a great few drinks with Frida Kahlo. Her art was her passion. And even though she was sick and everything she um, put her passion into it which was absolutely incredible 
And uh, yes, Frida Kahlo, and I might steal some of her clothes as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure she'd wear, she'd take some of yours as well. Listen, thank you so much, Claire, though, for having, for coming on the show. For everybody listening in, tell us your social media details, where your store is located, and how we can get our hands on one of your beautiful pieces if we have some sort of unique occasion or something where it, we'd love to wear one of your designs. Oh, brilliant. Well, it's Claire Garvey Designer Instagram. And it's www.clairegarvey.com, 6 Cows Lane, Temple Bar, and the phone number is 6717287. Thank you so much, Claire.